Let us pray. To you, the God of heaven and earth, we bring all the glory and honor and praise. We come to you and we bow deep before you spiritually because of who you are. We come to you because you are God and you revealed yourself to us that we may know that there is a God and who you are. You gave us your creation, nature, and everything that surrounds us to proclaim your power and your glory. But then you also came to give us your word that we may be introduced to the one who created it all, who made it. We do not understand everything. There are so many questions that we still struggle with because how can we understand who God is, where you came from, how your power is, how, how can you care for us, how can you love us, how can we answer these questions before you? But what we know is that you are there, that you came to us, that you love us, that you have a purpose with us and this creation of yours. We come today and we ask that the words that I need to share will be words, O Lord, that will touch us and help us understand more about you. Thank you for this document that we can use as a basis for our conversation. And thank you, Lord, for your word. That is the base of all that we believe. That is the guide for our life, the compass to help us to find ethical direction as we need to figure out a complex world and live as Christians in the midst of it. So bless us. It is in your name that we are here, and we ask your Spirit to move in the way that only the Spirit can. In the name of Jesus, we ask this. Amen. True story. So a few years ago, I was sitting at Orlando International, and I couldn't just wait outside. It was someone I had to pick up that did not know really to find his or her way. And the flight was a bit delayed, so I was sitting there and um, getting bored. And there was an elderly woman sitting close to me, and I looked at her, and I said, I'm really bored. Please tell me a story. <laughs> she looked at me as if I'm completely crazy. And I said, yes, I'm really bored. Don't you want to tell me a story? And she sort of smiled. I said, I'm just kidding. You do not need to if you do not want to. But tell me something about your family. <laughs> I would have still been there if um, the flight didn't arrive and my people came out. She started to tell, started to tell me a story. You know, if I would walk into your house, I would probably find on many of your fridges all of these kinds of pictures, isn't it? You know, at some point we had a fridge where all of these things would stick. And, and I see in my mother's house, even, you know, there are all these pictures of the children, the grandchildren, whatever. And if you want to pass time, you ask anyone to tell you anything about their children, their grandchildren, or their family. And I promise you, time will pass. Many times when I visited people or visit people at home and I asked them somewhat about themselves, here the picture albums come, and I know this is going to be a long visit, because they start way at the beginning when those pictures are still, you know, black and white sometimes, you know, and then it starts to find its way into color, and then whatever, that's, that's just how it is. We like to talk about our people because we know them well, but we'd like to share the stories about them. 
So I asked myself the question, so if you and I are sitting in this building and we call ourselves the children of God, then we are part of a different family also, isn't it? You see, I do not only have my family here on this earth, but I also have my spiritual family then, and that's the family that we call God. How much do I know about them? If anybody would sit here and say to me, hey, Ferdy, tell me about your faith family. That is, talk about God. How much can I really share? Oh, I know a lot about my own family, but this family that's actually supposed to be the more important family in my life, do I know enough about them that I can really sort of keep someone busy for a moment? Now, the reason why I have this picture of this guy sort of with his hat, uh, it's, I, I googled a picture of a secret agent, and that's what came up. You know, it's from the old movies, the guys with the hat and the coat are secret agents. Don't see their faces. I, I sometimes wonder, do we not see ourselves as God's secret agents in this world? Nobody must know I, I, I serve God. I'm not going to talk about it. I can't tell the story because, you know, it might come out that I'm actually a Christian. I think the Bible asks of me and you to be the opposite. Never to be a secret agent, but to be a public agent of who it is that I believe in. Now, the Heidelberg Confession that I'm... Sorry, I always say confession. The Heidelberg Catechism that I'm using as the base of my sermon, I've shared this now with you for a couple of... No, more than a couple of weeks, a number of weeks, uh, uh, was written to help people in the, in the 1600s, 1400s, 1400s to actually uh, uh, think about life and God and how to apply God to daily living. So, so the questions they asked are questions that you and I sometimes struggle with in life. So the next question they asked, we are now at question 22, is what then must a Christian believe? Now last week I spoke about the fact that the only way that you and I can be saved is through our faith in Jesus Christ. And I, and, I, and I preached quite energetically, I hope. And I was really excited because it's the best story in the world, the story of Jesus. I spoke about the fact that we need to believe in him to be saved. That's God's answer. But now today, what is faith? What does it mean to say, I believe in God or in Jesus? What does it mean? So they asked that question. The question is, what then must a Christian believe? That's you and I. Then they come with the answer. All that is promised us in the gospel a summary of which is taught us in the articles of the Apostles' Creed, our universally acknowledged confession of faith. And that's what we did last week. After my sermon, we all stood up and we confessed our faith by using the Apostolic Creed, the 12 articles where we see, I believe in God the Father, and, and we continue. So they say, in a sense, in that Apostolic Creed, you find a summary of what we as Christians believe. And then they ask the following question. So how are these articles divided? And they say into three parts. First, it concerns God, the Father, and our creation. The second part is the, the Son and our redemption. The third part is then the Holy Spirit and our sanctification. So every Sunday or the Sundays that we use it, and you stand up and we say, let's confess our faith together, you are actually working through three sections there that talks about God, our creation, that talks about the Son, our redemption, and then talks about the Holy Spirit and our sanctification. Now we'll get to those points later on. Not, not today, but, but we will get to those. 
The moment when you look at the Apostolic Creed, you find that there we are introduced to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the question is, since there is only one divine being, why do you speak of three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? The answer is because God has thus revealed Himself in His Word that these three distinct persons are the one true eternal God. The Trinity, a problem for many other faiths. The Muslims claim that we do not believe in one God, but in three gods. That's one of the arguments they many times have, and I've spoken to Muslims many times in my life. Yeah, well, you guys believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You are actually believing in three gods. When I was in Israel, a guy actually, when we stood at the Western Wall, you know, a Jewish guy stood there, he said, are you a Christian? I said, yeah. I said, so is Jesus the Son of God? I said, yeah. He said, are you a Son of God? He said, I said, yeah. He said, so you are a brother of Christ. I said, yes, I am. He said, well, that can't be true because then he's not the Son of God. Constantly trying to convince me, this guy, that I can't believe in Jesus as being the Son of God and that he's God himself. So there are many faiths that will disagree with us about the fact that you and I believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as one God. Now, that is a very typical image that you will find that tries to explain this, that there's God and there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, different persons, but they are united and connected uh, uh, as God. I try to make it a little bit more practical. And I've got a very basic illustration that is definitely not the best that will help you just maybe understand this a little bit more. There's the Smith family. The dad, the mum, and the son. So if you look at the dad, he's a Smith. If you look at the mother, she's a Smith. If you look at the boy, he's a Smith. But they are different people. But still the Smith family. In a way, with a little bit, and this is really not, not the best illustration, but it helps a little bit. This God, last time with respect, God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But God, that's there with respect, last name. The only difference between God and the Smith family is that there's a unique connection between the Father, the Son, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Father. There's this amazing connection that can never exist between the Smith family partners. But you refer to this lot, Smith family. I believe in God with three people, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That then comes to us and offers something different to us in our faith walk. So then the question is, what do you believe when you say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty? It introduces us to God, the Father. And there's, ooh, there's the answer. I hope you can read it. That the eternal Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who out of nothing created heaven and earth with all that is in them, who also upholds and governs them by his eternal counsel and providence. Now, I'll, I'll get back to this. Is for the sake of Jesus Christ, my God and Father, I trusted him so completely that I have no doubt that he will provide me with all things necessary for body and soul, and moreover, whatever evil he sends upon me in this troubled life, he will turn to my good, for he's able to do it, being Almighty God, and he's determined to do it, being a faithful father. Nehemiah chapter 9. You alone are God. You have made the heavens, the heaven of heavens with all the hosts, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. 
You give life to all of them, and the heavenly host bows down before you. What do you understand by the providence of God? Now we'll quickly talk when I'm done with the questions. The almighty and every present power of God, whereby he still upholds, as it were by his own hand, heaven and earth, together with all creatures, and rules in such a way that leaves, grass, rain, drought, fruitful and unfruitful years, food and drink, health and sickness, riches and poverty, and everything else comes to us not by chance, but by his fatherly hand. What advantage comes from acknowledging God's creation and providence? We learn that we are to be patient in adversity, grateful in the midst of blessing, and to trust our faithful God and Father for the future, assured of no, that no creature shall separate us from His love, since all creatures are so completely in His hand that without His will, they cannot even move. I like that one. Right. Now it's me and you. What do I believe about God? What does the Heidelberg Catechism say that He created me? So when I look at myself, I, I, I'm 30 Brits, and I had a mom and a dad, and, and, and at some point they fell in love, and they decided to have a child, and 30 is born. Yay! It's not because of them, it's because of God. It's because of God. God had me in mind long before my mom and my dad got married. God had me in mind long before they planned to have a child at some point. Psalms tell me that God created me in the womb of my mother, and he gave me whatever I have that I can offer to this world. God designed me in the way that he thought would serve his kingdom well. God gave me the life that I've got, because life can only come from life. And therefore you and I are unique. That's why you've got a fingerprint that's different from all the other fingerprints that of anybody that has been born or will be born. This picture on your thumb tells you that you are created by God and that you are special. You are special because there's nothing and no, nothing and no one like you on this planet. And this reminds me that there's no one, no one that can be who I am. Because God told me through my fingerprint how unique you and I are. So I can walk tall when I walk in this world and the world say, where are you from? I'm from a country that is complicated at this point. I'm from South Africa. I'm from a country that had some issues that at some point we were tarnished by certain things that happened in our country. And we were cussed at and yelled at and spit at when we walked. And Louise and I traveled when we were younger. Because they thought we were all professional racists because we came from South Africa just because I was part of a country and a history. But I could walk tall in the midst of all of this because I know I'm not only a product of a mom and a dad, but I'm the product of the only holy living God, and that's the one. He's the one that gives me the authority to walk tall and to know that I'm on this planet not because of two people, but I'm on this planet because of God himself that created me and you. He's the one that upholds me by his eternal counsel and his providence. I, I told the, somebody yesterday, and I've said this to you, I just love the birds. Their excitement in the morning when you hear them. They still need to find food. You know, and birds are not like these uh, squirrels of ours and stuff that, that sort of build up a nest and keep acorns and stuff in there. 
Birds have no place where they can store any food. Every day they need to start afresh. Maybe that's why the Lord said, if I take care of the birds, why would I not take care of you? Now, many times in my life, uh, I would say, <laughs> I have no idea what's going to happen next. I remember a time when we came to America that things were very complicated for us. Because in one day you lose everything. Somebody take your dog and there your dog goes. And another one comes to take your, your other dog and somebody takes on his cat. And your parents and your family and everything and your cars, everything. And you get on a flight with your suitcase and you sit in the apartment. No dog, no cat, no nothing. Difficult. Kids can't probably speak English even. Luis grew up in a part of our country where most people didn't speak English. Difficult time. I sometimes jokingly said my wife didn't need to put water in the bathtub because she would cry enough that there would be water in the bathtub. I remember we prayed and said, Lord, we have no idea how we're going to make it in this complex culture. Somebody asked me a while ago, how long did it take you to get used to American culture? I said, maybe next year. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know my humor. I'm just kidding. I'm now an American. I, can, I haven't speak like you guys do. You know, I've got this accent. Almost. Almost. Working on it. I at least now understand what the slam dunk means. I had no clue, but I'm getting there. We prayed. Lord, what now? Did God take all the troubles away? No. No. But he got us where he wanted us to be eventually, on a journey that was many times in the wilderness in many ways. Sorry for telling our story a little bit here, but it's your story also, isn't it? People sometimes look at the past and think, ah, he must have just, you know, the Lord moved on the cloud. It doesn't work like this. It's a journey like through the wilderness. But that thing upholds me by his eternal counsel and his providence. Where the Bible said, and that's what they quoted, that an animal almost can't move without the provision of God. That's the God that we have, that we believe in. Ferdy, so who's this dad of yours in heaven? He's the one that's there in the midst of this. Isn't Christ my God and my Father? I am sorry, I apologize this morning. What's the time now? No, I've got time. I apologize if you had a dad that didn't treat you well. I had people in my office who sat and looked at me in the eye and said, you tell me God is my father. My dad abused me when I was a child. How can I trust God as a father? I wept with them. That's not who God is. He's not the one that will take advantage of our weakness. He's the one that will help us in our weakness. So I always say to a person that has no good relationship with a dad, think about anyone else that you, you think would be an amazing person that will be there for you. Try to imagine the, the best person that will stand with you like this lighthouse in the middle of the storm. That's who God introduces himself to us. For all of us who had a great relationship with our dad, maybe it's a little bit easier to connect with this dad image. But it can be any parent, any sibling, any family member that stood with you, that helps you a little bit to understand that God says, I'm family. I'm family. 
and family stick, and I will be there for you. In Him is all my trust that He will take care of me. His plan as my Father will work out for me in this troubled life. And nothing can separate me from His love. The Lord said, you follow me, you're going to carry a cross. The Lord said, sometimes you will feel like a fox that you do not even have a hole that you can hide in. The Lord himself said, please know that if you follow me, there will be a lot of troubled times for you in this world, and it will not always be easy. But the Lord said, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. Do you know what it means to sit here in this church and to, or to stand and to know that I'm part of a family that's God's family? Do you know that, that question that they asked said, so, so I'm a child of God as Jesus is a child of God. That as Jesus had a father, the same father that was Jesus' father, your father and my father. That when I pray and I say, my father who art in heaven, God feels about me the same way I feel about my children and my grandchildren and my, you know. And um, my kids know this. I, I told them, if anything comes between you and anything else, I'll be there. If you're in trouble, I'll be there, and I may end up in prison. I hope not, but I, I will protect you with everything I've got in my life. And at some point, my daughter had to do a rotation in Europe, and, 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 and she said to me, Dad, I know if there's a problem, you'll come and get me. I said, it's like that movie, Taken. I'll come. <laughs> I was in the army. I well, let's not go there. I'll, she said, Dad, I know, you will come. Whatever happens, I'll swim, I'll, I'll walk, I'll, I'll be there for my children. That's how God feels about us, isn't it? That's how God feels about us. Can I take my children out of this world and put them in a display case and close the glass door and just have you guys look at them because I want to protect them from life and pain and suffering? No! Go do your thing! Go and live wild, not wild, go and go big in this world. Go enjoy this life. Be careful, be careful, be careful, but live. But we are always here with help, support, whatever you need, because we are your parents. God, 30, family of Church of the Lakes, go out, live your life to its fullest. I'm not going to put you in a display case to protect you from all the harm, the pain, and the rubbish of this world. Go and live your life, but know one thing, you are never alone. I'm your God, and I'm your dad. And nobody, nothing, nothing can separate you and me from the love of the only holy living God. No government, no person, no institution, nothing can take my faith away. They can cut off my arms, my hands, my legs, my feet. They can take my eyes, they can take my ears, they can't take my faith. I will not give it away, it's mine. Because I believe in God. Why is he called Christ? That is the anointed one. Because Christ came to fulfill the promises of all the things that happened in the Old Testament needed by the king, the priest, and the prophet. He was the anointed one because like the priests were anointed for a special task and the priests were anointed for a special the prophets and the priests and the kings were anointed for a special task, Jesus was also because he's ordained by God the Father, anointed to be the Holy, with the Holy Spirit to be. And there it is, our chief prophet and teacher, fully revealing to us the secret purpose and will of God concerning our redemption. 
Our only high priest having redeemed us by the one sacrifice. I'm not going to read the rest. Our eternal king governing us by his word and spirit, defending and sustaining us. But why are you called a Christian? This is my last slide. Yeah, second. Because through faith I share in Christ and thus in his anointing that I may also confess his name, be a prophet. That I myself as a living, be a living sacrifice of gratitude to him, a priest, and fight against sin and the devil with a free and good conscience to be a king. Tell me about your your faith family. I'm a child of God. What does it mean? I've got a dad in heaven that likes me. I'm stupid. I mess up. He's got so much patience with me that I don't know why he sticks with me, but he sticks with me. I've got a dad in heaven that provides for me whatever he thinks I need. Sometimes it's little, sometimes it's more, sometimes it's not that much, but it's okay. He, he knows where he wants to take me. I've got a dad in heaven that has designed for me a purpose in this world, in this life. And, you know, I, I may wander off, but he will sort of push me back. And then I'm there and say, yeah, funny, come back this direction again. I'm like a little one that runs around and I'm sort of stupid. But he constantly guides me back to where he wants me to be. You know what the best thing of this dad in heaven is? He's got me by the hand. Always. He won't let go. He guides me then with his, with his wisdom and through his spirit. And, and he helps me to find my way through this life. And, and do you know what? Why I'm, why I'm telling you this story, because I can't keep silent about the story. I, I cannot not tell you, because it's part of what we do. We talk about our family. But I also need to work on my life a lot. I'm not perfect. None of us are. Lord asks of me to be different. That's what I'm trying to do so that I can show the world that I'm different because I've got a family in heaven that's different from everything else. And part of that is to give away who I am. A sacrifice. I need to, I need to rule over myself that's sometimes very problematic. I sometimes need to let go of stuff that I really like, but the Lord says, no, let go. But you know what? At the end of the day, I'm part of a family that will never, ever divorce me because I'm a child. How can you divorce a child? You can't. And that's what God tells me and you today. You're children of God if you believe in Jesus Christ. This is the Father we have. Amen.